You're listening to a C3 Victory podcast. To find out more, visit us online at c3victory.org.au. Good morning. It is a very good morning, and um, I'm uh, pretty blessed to have stolen a message from Pastor Keith in the Romans 8 series. (laughs) I didn't think he was going to give any of them up. I'm echoing pretty bad up here. Am I echoing out there? Yep. Okay, good. That guys will sort it out. Great. I'm in a tin can. It's all good. Hey, um, so if you jump in your Bibles to Romans 8, and um, we are in a very meaty series right now. Put up, put up your hand if you're a meat lover. You love the meat. All right. Okay, put up your hand just slightly if you're a vegetarian. Okay, that's okay. We, we love you too. It's all right. My, my daughter has been telling me, um, Dad, I think I'm a vegetarian, and she's seven. She says, Dad, I don't like beef, I don't like chicken, I don't like pork, I don't like fish. I'm like, babe, you can't be a vegetarian if you love sausages and spaghetti bowl. <laughs> it, it, it just doesn't work like that. She's like, oh, okay. Anyway, oh, and nuggets, chicken McNuggets. She goes, I love, are they chicken? I'm like, well... They call them chicken, don't they, Simon? <laughs> anyway, back to it, back to it, all right. How good has this series been, right? So good. So, okay, let me, uh, let me just tell you, you do not want to miss next week, okay? Pastor Keith, preaching on the end of Romans 8. Oh, my gosh. I'm, I'm just going to, we're just going to bring all of Northwest over here. Oh, no, they can stay over there. I'm coming over here just to hear Pastor Keith. Actually, I'm preaching over there. That's not going to work. Anyway. Such a good series. Don't miss next week. It's going to be so good. Uh, so the first week we talked about, we're talking about in the, basically in the ring with life, you know? You know how you can be in the ring with life and you just, uh, today we're talking about taking hits, taking some body blows, you know, because sometimes that's the reality of life on planet Earth is that you take some hits. But week one, we talked about motivation, our motivation to get back in the fight and to, to stay in that fight is that we are totally free and we are empowered by the Holy Spirit, right? And then last week, we talked about the fact, the truth that you and I carry the victor's crown into our battle. We carry the, the, this victory champion mentality into no matter what we face. Uh, it's not just, you know, child's play, you know, oh, you're such a champion, you're such a winner. That's how... It plays out with us. That's who we are in Christ. All right. Uh, now, I'm a firm believer in a lot of things. You know, I, uh, I when it comes to the Christian experience, I believe in prosperity and the power of God and, and the, the the presence of God, protection, freedom, intimacy. I believe in the community of faith. I believe in sonship and identity. I believe in declarative prayer, declaring scriptures and declaring you know promises and the, the word of God over my family, over my life. I believe in all those things. Uh, but here's the truth, and it's not so easy to swallow sometimes, is that the reality of life on planet Earth is that you and I are going to suffer sometimes. It's true. In John 16, verse 33, Jesus said, I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. He said, in this world you will have trouble. I love what Mark Gunga says in Laugh Your Way to a Better Marriage. He says, he says I get all these couples coming up to me and saying, we've got trouble in our marriage. And he goes, yeah, that's about right. 
yeah, that's normal. People come up to us, pastor, pastor, you know, we've got trouble in our family. Yeah, that's all right. In this world, you will have trouble. But he doesn't leave it there. You know what he says? He says, but take heart because I have overcome the world. All right? So good. Now, I just can't accept the Christian myth that if you are good enough or pray hard enough or if you just, you know, believe hard enough that nothing bad will happen to you. I I don't see that in Scripture. I don't see that in Paul's life. I don't see that in Jesus' life. They suffered. I mean, think about it. Christ came to earth to suffer in your place. All right? There is suffering in this world. And there are three ways that Paul talks about that we suffer. I'm going to quickly run through them to give us some context today. Firstly, as a result of sin. You will suffer some consequences as a result of your own sin. If you steal money from work, you might lose your job. Okay, sin consequences. Now, I want to add to this a little bit here. Just play with me, all right? A little bit. Because I believe that uh, sometimes it's not my own sin that causes me to suffer. Sometimes it's my own stupid that causes me to suffer. So I believe that the first thing, uh, the first reason why we suffer is because of sin and stupid, right? And uh, I found this image and it says, everything happens for a reason. Sometimes that reason is you're stupid and you make bad decisions, all right? You know how people say everything happens for a reason? I'm like, well, yes, but sometimes it's only because you're an idiot, you know? <laughs> all right, the people who are not laughing, you need to laugh now. Okay, good. Anyway, secondly, we suffer because we are with Christ. And we are with Christ in a hostile world, right? And it's becoming increasingly hostile. You know, the, uh, the biggest community group uh, that is being persecuted and killed on the planet right now is Christians. Yeah, that's, that's a fact, all right? So we're going to suffer and we're going to be persecuted as a result of trusting in Christ. Uh, And lastly, we suffer because we live in a troubled world that exists with the effects of sin. And we'll expand on that a little bit. Now, I've got some some recent experience of suffering. My my grandfather died uh, last Tuesday morning and uh, he he was an awesome man. did such great things in his family and in the world, and um, I am definitely not going to tear up at this point. And, um, you know, he, he, he got leukemia, he's 93, he got leukemia, and then he got pneumonia, and we're all like, okay, when's it going to happen? And i got to say, it's, uh, when I found out the, the, uh, the, what had happened on Tuesday morning, that was my first day in the victory office for the week, and I went straight to preparing this message for us. Because some of us, our suffering is very raw. It's very real. And it's, and, and it's, and it's so real to us. Some, some of us are suffering from physical pain every single day. You know, the people in our world today who suffer from chronic pain, 
man, I just, I just want to keep laying hands on you until God does some miracle, you know? People who are suffering grief and loss and frustration and, you know, and divorce or separation. And or, there's so much suffering in our world today. And as Christians, we are not immune to that suffering. And it's important for us to have, in our, in, in our theology of, prosper, of prospering and in our theology of, of sonship and inside our theology of, of who God is and the purposes of God on the world, we have to include suffering in that mix. It would be imbalanced if we didn't. So the funeral's tomorrow, which is going to be a tough time, but also a celebration, um, so I'm kind of looking forward to that, but not. Anyway, some of, uh, some of you might be suffering today. Um, and you might have someone next to you who's suffering that you, don't, you didn't even know. Didn't even know what was going on in their world. Um, I love what Reverend John Watson said. He said, be kind for everyone you meet is fighting a hard battle. Isn't that true? Like you go to work... You know, you go into the, into the world, uh, just into the marketplace, into e- everyday life, and everyone you meet is fighting a battle that you might know nothing about. So be kind. Be kind to them. So let's, uh, let's jump into Romans 8. I'm really keen for this. Uh, we're going to read verse 17 and 18. We're going to read little, pa- little pockets of, of this passage as we go on. So let's read from verse 17. It says, Now if we're children, then we are heirs. Heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we share in his sufferings, in order that we may also share in his glory. How good is that? Verse 18, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing to the, with the glory that will be revealed in us. How good is that? All right, so if you're in the ring with life, and uh, you've got your motivation right, you've got your head switched on, you know that you, it, that you stand in victory as a child of God, it doesn't mean you're not going uh, to take some hits, right? It doesn't mean that the, that the enemy or the world or life or situations or circumstance or just existing on this planet is not going to punch you in the face a few times, right? So let's talk about how to deal with these body blows. How can you, what do we do? And I want to, I just sat down uh, with God the other morning and got three things for us straight away. And the first thing is step back and get perspective. Secondly, we're going to talk about, uh, let me just get my notes sorted out. We're going to talk about leaning in, step back, lean in, rise up. They're my three points. All right, so you can all go home. All right, so when a fighter is taking hits in the ring, he, he generally doesn't stay there. He generally doesn't just, oh, that hurt, oh, okay, oh, that hurt, unless you've seen The Simpsons and you've seen Homer Simpson getting totally smashed. Uh, But don't be like that, all right? See, see, verse 18 tells me that there's, there's a bigger picture here. There's a bigger picture to my suffering, all right? There's, there's existing inside of my own grief bubble and my own suffering, which can be very real and very raw, and very difficult. But then there's also allowing me to, God allowing me to see the bigger picture at work here. They're stepping back for a moment 
in my loss, in my frustration, in my grief, in whatever's going on, in my suffering, and realizing that even inside of this suffering, that I'm not the only one who is suffering. Because often we can isolate ourselves when we are suffering, and we can have this, we can believe the lie that I'm the only one going through this. No one's ever gone through exactly my situation before. There's also realizing that this is not forever. That's a really good one to dwell on. If you're suffering, this isn't forever, right? And also, and I'll look at that in a little bit, but also to realize that God is still good and I am still blessed despite what I'm facing right now, okay? Now, let's jump over to verse 22. It says, We know that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Not only so, or we believers also groan, even though we have the Holy Spirit within us. Hang on, I'm gonna, I'm, which one am I reading? As a, as a foretaste of future glory. For we long for our bodies to be released from sin and suffering. And we too wait with eager hope for the day when God will give us our full rights as his adopted children, including the new bodies that he has promised us. Okay? So creation itself is groaning, right? And we are groaning. And in verse 26, we see that the Holy Spirit is groaning. Now, the Greek word for groan here is significant because it means deep sorrow at your circumstance. Deep sorrow at your circumstance. I don't know uh, if, if this is you today, but sometimes I wake up and I remember, you know, that thing that happened a few days ago, and I start to walk in some deep sorrow at my circumstance. Like, what just happened, God? How did that Creation is crying out for redemption. The world is tearing itself apart right now. Just look, on, just look and see what is happening in our world today. The world is ripping itself in half. And people and us, they are crying out for redemption. We are crying out for, could you save me from this body of decay, this body of... And so there's this, bigger, there's this bigger picture going on in the world and in this mess. And it's this, it's this yucky mess that Christ came in and became one of us and suffered for us, right? There's a bigger picture that God has in play that you would put your faith in him so that you might reach heaven when you die where there is zero suffering. There's no suffering there. You know, so there's this huge gap between uh, the, the, the level of suffering that I'm experiencing, however real and significant that might be to me, and the level of glory that's going to be revealed in me in Christ for all eternity, right? So you might suffer from a chronic condition for 30 years, and that might be painful every day. It might be, it might, there's a whole lot of words I'm not allowed to say up here. Uh, it might be awful, it might be terrible, it might suck, all right? 
Yeah, I said it, all right. You can all move on. But it is nothing, 30 years on planet earth is nothing compared to an eternity in heaven walking in glory with God. So we have to see a little bit of the bigger picture here, right? And I I hear you, I hear you saying to me right now, like, Pastor Darren, how does that help me right here, right now? Because this is terrible, this is awful. I'm not enjoying this part of my life right now. Because the promise of future glory helps me to see that this is temporary. Right? This too shall pass. This is going to be over one day. And there is an eternity waiting for you and I that is glorious. Christ will return and you will be with him in eternal glory. 2 Corinthians 4 verse 17 and 18 says, For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. So we don't fix our eyes on what is, on what is temporary, but on what is eternal. So I want, I want to encourage you to step back for a minute. Step back in the fight for a minute and let God show you the bigger picture. Let God show you that you are not the only one suffering. Let God show you that He is still good. He is still a good Father. You are still blessed even though you might have to deal daily with these struggles. Right? You're still blessed. Another thing that fighters do, and I've got to move on. Oh, boy. Another thing that fighters do is that they lean in. You know, what is the deal when a fighter leans in for a hug? You know, they're boxing, they're boxing, and then they're they're cuddling. It's going to be all right, man. I'm going to knock you out of the next round. What is that? They lean in. Another way that fighters lean in is they lean into the voice of their coach. They lean into the voice of their coach. They lean into the, to the, the cheers of their crew, their crew on the side who's come out with them. You know, the boxer comes out and he's like, I'm going to beat him in the face. And they've got all their, crowd, their crew behind them. Their crew are like, yeah, he's going to beat you in the face, man. Yeah, yeah. You know, they lean into the, to the cheers of their crew. They lean into the voice of the crowd, right? And something I found so helpful this week in my own suffering has been to lean in to God. To lean into His presence. You know, not just uh, to get a nice feeling, but to know that He is with me. To know that He is there. It's been one of the greatest weeks of encounter for me. To know that God is present in my time of need. That he is there with you as you're you're suffering. Romans 8 verse 26 to 27 says, In the same way the Spirit helps us in our weakness. And we do not know, this is what Pastor Jez read out before. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And he who searches our heart knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. So none of us is, is, is all sufficient. I, I, I realized that you know, um, last week that I'm not all sufficient. 
You know, and this whole chapter is about winning. It is about winning with God. It's about winning the battle that goes on in your heart and in your head. It is about winning against life. It's about winning against the devil, you know. And you and I were never designed to be our own island. We were designed to walk in communion with the Father and community with each other. Right? So let's talk about leaning into Him. <coughs> Wrong side. Take some time in your suffering to shut the door. The kids are going to be all right. You know, if they're not, then pad them with pillows. If they're too little, or put them in their cot. One thing my wife used to say to me is, if you can't cope, then stick the twins in their cot and close the door and just walk away. Okay? Take some time to lean into God. Don't just try and push through. Don't try and go solo. Go deep instead. Right? Find his comfort in your situation. Right? See how the, I love how the Spirit groans with us. You know what that means? That means that he is with you in your deep sorrow. He is feeling with you in your grief. He's not sitting up in heaven going, oh, there's some comfort for you, and there's a bit of blessing for you, okay? He is present with you as you shed your tears, as you, as you are shaking your fist at life and saying, God, what are you doing in my life? What are you doing in my world? He is feeling every bit of that with you. He's not distant. He is closer than your next breath. So you've got to take some time to lean into him. You've got to take a minute and stop and pause and chuck the children away for a little while and just say, God, I need you in my situation right now. Lean into him. Secondly, we're going to lean into the community of faith and I'm getting fired up right now because too many of you and I, we are silent to the people around us when we are grieving, when we are suffering, when we are walking through hell, we are, we are silent when it comes to the community of faith. And I want to challenge you to open your mouth and speak out when you are not doing that well. Because let me tell you, the prayers of the saints are naught if they're not being prayed. No one can, pre can prepare you a meal if they don't know that you're suffering. Nobody can support you or pray for you or come around and just be a shoulder to cry on if you've not said anything about your situation. You gotta speak it out. You gotta tell your connect group, tell a pastor, tell a leader. If it's confidential, then we'll make sure it stays in, in closed doors. Nobody has to know. But if somebody can know, then we've got to get people praying for you because we believe in a God who is good, who brings comfort, who brings peace, who brings healing, who brings breakthrough, who brings life, who brings joy. All right? We believe in a big God who is very good, but we can't help you if you're silent. 
And please get in a connect group because that's really going to be good for you, right? Okay, please, just do it. You know, you know, sometimes you don't want to do something and someone says you should and then you just go, okay, I'm going to. And it's so good for you to be in a group. Just work it out. The day after my grandpa died, um, I was in the office and everyone else had gone home except for Karen and Al. And um, it's so good, Al. It's so good, man. Because you know what Al, Al said? He said, uh, he was just sitting there and he just said, hey, Darius, do you need a hug? I'm physical touch love language, right? So when you hug me, I feel love. Don't all hug me later on, I'll explode. <laughs> You know what Al said? Al just said, hey, Daz, do you need a hug? And I went, you know what? Yeah. Yeah, come up here. So Al came up and he gave me this big bear hug. You know, I didn't, I didn't like cry or anything. I'm such a man. Uh, <laughs> but you know what? That was good. It was good. No one can hug you if you don't tell anybody that there's a problem. Wow. Heather Sterling, people should be hugging you all the time right now. Right? Kirsty Turner, where are you? People should be hugging you today. Right? If you've lost someone, Cam Selby, people should be hugging you today. People who've lost something, you know, if you're going through a painful separation in your marriage, if, you, if, if, there's, if there's serious stuff going on in your world, you need to speak about it. Because people need to gather around you and embrace you. And that's what the community of faith that's one, of the, that's one of the reasons we're here, is to love and support and care for each other. Look around, look to your crew. Okay, I've got four minutes to get through my most important point. Here we go, all right, you ready? Let's do this. So you've taken a few hits, right? You've stepped back to get some perspective, okay? You're leaning back, and you're ready for a comeback, right? You may lose a couple of rounds, but that doesn't mean you've lost the fight, right? It's good to remember that. I might lose a few rounds. Oh, that was terrible. Oh, we took a few hits, but it does not mean that I've lost the fight. Listen to the podcast from last week to remember why, okay? So you can actually even see the hand of God through your darkest times, you're starting to understand the devil a little bit better now. You're understanding who God is and his bigness a little bit better now. You're understanding your adoption to sonship a little bit better now. Even in your grief, even despite your grief, even in the midst of your suffering, God is doing something new. It's time for you to rise up in faith, even in your suffering. Ah. Uh, I know that's not easy. I know that's not just words coming out of my mouth into your ears. I know that's going to take some strength and some community and some leaning in. But listen to what I've got to say here. Romans 8 verse 28, and we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him and have been called according to his purpose. Look at the next verse. For those God foreknew, you and I, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. 
that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And those he predestined, he also called. Those he called, he also justified. Those he justified, he also glorified. Glorified, 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 glorified. Right? So I just want to state something which I've already said, but I want to say it right here. God is good. And he is working it out for your good. Just let a little bit of faith just kind of spark in your spirit right now because He is a good Father. And you can claim this back to Him. I would encourage you to remind Him of this Scripture. To say, Father, Your Word says that all things work together for for my good because I love You and I've been called according to Your purpose. So God doesn't engineer suffering. Let's just lose that from our Christian vocabulary right now. God did not make you sick. He did not give you that divorce. He did not do that to your child. He didn't he does not orchestrate suffering. But he does engineer the good that comes out of it. Every time. Every time. Right? Good like fresh intimacy with Him. Good like new revelations, new freedoms, new joy. Good like a deeper lifestyle in the Spirit. Good like returning to your Word, returning to your, you know, your sword, returning to this Word of God. Good like restoring things in your heart, restoring things in your family. So I want to quickly answer this question. Why then does God even allow suffering? And I want to put this to you. Is that God allows suffering because inherent in the nature of suffering, He is birthing something new. When Adam and Eve fell, God allowed that sin to curse the earth, right? So God created a purpose in that moment for suffering. And I believe that inherent, that in the, in, inside of our suffering is the potential for something new of God to come forth. I mean, look at the language of verse 22. It says, We know the whole creation has been groaning in the pains of childbirth. God is wanting to birth something new inside your suffering. When we suffer in any form, in any of its forms on planet Earth, I believe this. I believe that something gets the opportunity to die and fall to the ground and something gets the opportunity to spring up and be birthed. There's this uh, 
There's the death of, 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 of mindsets. There's the death of lifestyle. There's the death of, of something wrong, something evil, something fleshly, something personal, something that is going to hold you back from everything that God purposed for you. And suffering allows us to realize what is good, what is right. Suffering allows us to realize and get some perspective on what is actually valuable in this life because a whole bunch of stuff that we do and think is maybe not that valuable if we compare it to what Christ loves, what Christ thinks, what God thinks is valuable. Something dies and something comes to life. The seed has to die before life springs forth, right? And so I think God has engineered how things work so that through suffering, glory comes. We are transformed from glory to glory with ever increasing glory. Let's jump back to verse 29. It says, for those God foreknew, He also predestined to be conformed to the image of His Son. That's the goal. That's God's plan for you is to become like Christ. So yes, maybe He's going to allow some stuff to happen in your world if it's going to help you get to where Christ is. And don't think that looking like Christ just means, you know, I've got to stop sinning. That's just a... That's going to happen when you start walking in the intimacy and the, and, the, and, the, and the closeness and keeping in step with the Spirit and releasing heaven on earth and walking with Him. The, the, the sin's just going to fall off because it's not who you're becoming. Walking out, your adoption to sonship, that's going to, that's going to work. Suffering produces glory and it, and it helps us to, to walk and look and think and feel more like Christ. But you've got to lean in. You've got to lean in. You've got to lean into God. You've got to lean into community. It's, it's, I don't think it's, a, it's just a done deal. I think when I process my suffering with Him, I can see that He is birthing something new inside. So whatever you're walking through today, you, you need to remind yourself there's a bigger thing going on. I know that's not going to be easy. You need to remind yourself that God is going to work this out for my good somehow, somehow, God, somehow. It's just going to, it's going to, something's going to work out. It's going to work out for my good. I can't see it. I can't, maybe you can't even believe it, but you can quote scripture and you can say to God, somehow I trust you in this mess to work it out for my good. And it might not be today, and it may not work out tomorrow, but it is going to work out because this too shall pass. And God is birthing something in you that is different. It's, it's not what you've experienced or encountered before, 
because he's growing you to a person you've never been before. And I, I just encourage you to say, God, what are you birthing in this season right now? What are you declaring, God? Maybe pray it in your connect group. What is, let's pray that God would reveal the new thing that he's doing in you. And then just start to declare it, start to believe it, start to walk in it. You know, it's, it's hard in your grief to declare that he's doing a, a new thing. God is producing in you something that you haven't seen yet and you haven't walked in yet, but it is glorious. It will be glorious. For I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing to the glory that will be revealed in you and I. Thanks for joining us for the C3 Victory Podcast. We would love to see you at one of our services. To find out more, visit us online at c3victory.org.au or check us out on Facebook or Instagram.